Hello and welcome to a special 4th of July edition of Crypto for Planners. With me is Adam and Adam, it's a holiday week, but that's not going to stop us from celebrating crypto and America. No, of course, we're celebrating America this week, July 4th, Independence Day, and crypto never sleeps. International, 24-7-365. You know, back in the days when I traded crypto, it was, you know, on July 4th, on Christmas, on New Year's, doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. Just like the aliens in the movie Independence Day, they never sleep. It's always there. It's always present and you have to be alert. Exactly. Just like those aliens. and, And you know what? They don't care that it's Independence Day. They do not care at all. They do not care at all, but we do. And so to celebrate Independence Day, we wanted to go through some of the major events leading up to Americans Independence Day and how they might relate to crypto. So when you look at the history of Independence Day, obviously it's where the U.S. uh, declared their independence from the English, Great Britain, what have you. But there were some major events leading up to there. And I think where it really all started is with the French and Indian War that the British were in from 1754 to 1763. And it really left Britain deep in debt, which then made them kind of want to come after the colonies for money. So when we talk about the French and Indian War, what does that remind you of in the crypto world, Adam? Uh, I would say the French and Indian War leaving someone in debt. I, th- this to me is kind of like the financial crisis, right? Which is, of, of course, crypto was born. Bitcoin is born out of the great, you know, the great recession, the financial crisis of, of uh, 2008, 2009. And that to me, I don't know if you think so, Steve, that to me is the equivalent of kind of the French uh, Indian War, where um, that's where we, you know, most people saw all the kind of shortcomings of the financial system. Banks got bailed out. Uh, most people did not get bailed out. And that's where we we kind of see the need for crypto. And again, that's where Bitcoin was born from. Yeah, exactly. It's not like the government monetary policy was doing fantastic before then. But I think that's where we all see it go off the rails um, and really kind of start to shake up, shake up the new world order. So I would I would absolutely agree with that as it really just changed the status quo and what would work and not work going forward. And, and as Britain was left deep in debt, they went after their brand new source of revenue and a very growing and attractive one in the colonies over in America. So the first of this was the Stamp Act of 1765 where the colonists now had to pay a tax on all printed materials, legal documents, newspapers, that types of things. And let me tell you, the colonies weren't happy. And I think we have some corollaries there with crypto as well. Uh, we, yeah, we, we probably do. And, and if I were going to go, you know, Stamp Act, where, you know, people were, were kind of not happy, I don't know, maybe it's, um, maybe it's early days of the government kind of sh- shutting down some of the, the, the parts of crypto we like. And maybe some of the parts that weren't that great, right? Maybe I, I would equate the Stamp Act to uh, the SEC stopping all the ICOs, even though you and I both would probably agree most of those ICOs were uh, e- either just bad ideas on the good end or yeah. fraudulent on, on the bad end. But that was the beginning of government kind of imposing its will on this new technology that we call crypto, blockchain, what have you. Yeah, and maybe where, where, where do you think the analogy is here? Because yeah. I have a feeling we're going to go off the rails in a little while in terms of analogy. So let, let's. Where do you? We see are. That? I think that's a good one, and that's probably the primary one. Another one, maybe um, some of the Bitcoin mining, um, some of the attacks on it, and a little bit federal, but definitely attacks from various states as far as energy laws and and uh, trying to trying to hammer those. So that that's maybe another one where they're trying to. That, that's trying to a good one. Going after the the you know the, the kind of environmental aspect of it. And then, like you said, the increased tax on 
Bitcoin yep. miners because of this thought of the environmental toll it might be taking. Yep. And I think in both cases, it's right. It's this brand new, exciting thing where some outsiders come in and saying, hey, um, you're actually going to do it our way and, and pay us for the privilege of your new experiment. Right. And I think we're seeing similar reactions. Um, and the reaction from the Stamp Act was the Boston Massacre. Uh, and as everybody knows, that's where uh, five uh, colonists were killed by British soldiers in Boston, leading to the already sentiment there that was that was boiling and the anger against the government. And we've had some massacres out in crypto, haven't we? We, we have had some some bad times, and most of these now are going to be relatively recent. So we could say the Boston Massacre, if we're going towards the one government doing things to, you know, kind of this new entity, that this this new industry, I would see that that, uh, you know, the Boston Massacre is probably kind of analogous to, I don't know, maybe what the SEC did with, with Kraken and, you know, shutting down their staking program to the point that Kraken just said, forget it, we're not going to do it. Um, I think it would be kind of akin there. I, I think that's a, a good place to go with an analogy. What do you think? Yeah, I think our I think this is certainly the weakest part uh, in our in our analogies here, and 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 we'll admit that up front. However, um, it's the Boston massacre it's it's too good to leave that one out. And so maybe it's more like kind of the the massacre of three hours three hours capital of FTX um, of Voyager of. Um, you know, genesis of, of everybody that really got massacred over the last year and a half. And obviously you might say, but, but hey, those are crypto participants, not the government um, or whatever. And so, but, but I think that, but I think really it, it's them coming after people who are crypto natives or, and FTX may not be the best example, right? Because they're more a government actor, I think, <laughs> than, than a crypto native. Um, right. Yeah. They, those are what you're caught, what you're talking about is more like industry imposed, like self-imposed problems, self-imposed massacre. Yeah, there you go. Right. You go. And that's that's kind of what it is. And and look, I mean, we, we could talk about it that way. It, it definitely uh, what, what happened with Celsius Voyager, three hours capital, uh, which all started with Terra Luna and then, you know, move forward all the way to FTX. That was very much a self-imposed massacre, which led to the government imposing more things. So we, we yeah. could you know, put it somewhere in there. And one of those things that the government started with, the SEC started with, was cracking in their staking program. Yep. And that, yeah, you're right. That may have been more more suicide than massacre on a lot of those, but but a lot of bloodshed in both cases. There, there's no yeah. doubt about that. None and, of it was good. And during the revolution, the the massacre uh, led to the Boston Tea Party. So in response to the Tea Act, so they kept these things coming. Uh, it gave the British East India Company a monopoly on tea sales in the colonies, and a group of colonists didn't like that so much and decided, hey, let's dump 342 chests of tea right into the Boston Harbor. So the the locals revolt and so if we had that moment in crypto adam what would you what would you compare it to oh the the local revolt man they, like i don't know the the problem is it doesn't necessarily fit from a, a i guess from from a um time frame perspective from a timeline perspective but kind of the revolt to me would almost be like DeFi summer because like we have to go backwards a little bit right the DeFi summer when all these tokens got released when all these you know, DAOs and projects and such started releasing tokens that immediately got listed on Coinbase. And, and on top of that, you had decentralized finance where you could go trade on Uniswap. You could, you know, you had liquidity, all of a sudden liquidity for tokens. And the government was just kind of running around going, we don't know what to do with this. There's just so much money flowing around. By the way, it's, you know, it also happened to be COVID summer. So 
there, there was very little they could do about it. They kind of had their own problems. I don't know. To me, that's a little bit of, of Boston Tea Party, a little bit of the locals revolting and just saying, we're going to release these, whether you think they're securities or not, we're just going to do it. And by the way, we can do it on our own systems to where you can't really stop it. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I think for me, it might be a little bit past that, which is the Ethereum merge. So going from proof of work to proof of stake on Ethereum, which is the same thing you just said, right? It's, we don't care what you think, we're moving forward anyway. You know, we're going to do what we want. We're not going to be bullied. We're not going to be intimidated. And we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, we're going to dump um, all of our uh, mining computers, at least on the Ethereum side, right? Right into the harbor. Uh, and we're going to move ahead. We're going to move ahead with this proof of stake solution <laughs> and do that. So I think I think those those are both good. There's been some revolts along the way of, hey, you, you can't stop us. You can't intimidate us. Yeah, I, I like that. I like the uh, the ETH move to proof of stake, the Chappelle upgrade and you know, the, um, which went off seamlessly and that we're moving forward regardless. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And so in light of that independence and that defiant spirit, governments do what governments do. And then the British introduced a series of what are called the intolerable acts in 1774. So for those who don't recall this one, this is buried a little bit deeper in the history books. There are a series of punitive measures enforced by the British in response to the Boston Tea Party. And it really, it further inflamed the tensions between the British and the colonists. And if we're talking about further inflaming tensions, maybe between the government and a group of uh, revolutionaries, we're squarely back in crypto. And these are just a series of acts meant to quash them. And shouldn't be hard to, to make an analogy there. I, I don't think it is. And, and I think what we're talking about there is, you know, the, the last few months, what we've seen the SEC doing is just enforcement action after enforcement action. And, and you know, it kind of culminates with, Binance and and then Coinbase the same day, you know, in consecutive days, actions against Binance one day, Coinbase the next, uh, you know, especially Coinbase being an, a company that was, that's trying to do things the right way, been trying to seek regular regulatory clarity, uh, trying to be compliant. I think that's that would be the intolerable acts. What do you think? I think a hundred percent, and it goes maybe a little wider. Whereas Operation Choke Point Two which is a series of uh, highly orchestrated, highly punitive government actions across multiple agencies were designed to choke out crypto, really remind me of the intolerable acts. Very scripted, very aggressive. And the, the, the corollary there is really quite amazing now that I'm saying it out loud. Yeah, exactly. And, and we can go back to, you know, specific incidents within there where, you know, we had, you know, the, the incidents with Silvergate Bank, the incident with um, yep. Signature Bank, where the, the bank got shut down and seemed like it didn't have to, and then got sold off except for the crypto practice where it's been very clear that the government wants no, wants no businesses to have any part of crypto. Um, and, and of course, as we move forward, what we're finding is they want no businesses to have any part of crypto unless they're one of those huge incumbent businesses that have been contributing politically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the British are like, we don't want any colonists unless the colonists, of course, work for us. Then, then that's exactly. okay. And, and, and are paying quite a bit of money in taxes. and Yeah. If you're going to pay all your taxes and keep the colonists in line, then, then you can work for us. That, right. That's okay. So, yeah. What we are seeing is the intolerable acts. I think we need a rebranding in order from Operation Choke Point 2.0, probably. But all those things led to really what turned the tide here in the revolution, in my opinion, which is the First Continental Congress. And this was like, okay, clearly we're under attack. Clearly we're not going to find common ground. Let's get together to decide what we're going to do here. And so that was also held in 1774, of course, in Philadelphia. And 
So Adam, I would say we maybe don't have an analogy because this hasn't happened yet. We haven't had that moment where, hey, let's gather up and figure what we're going to do because it seems still pretty spread out on everybody's still kind of in their own uh, Twitterverse figuring out what they want to do. But what could possibly be around the corner in crypto that would be like a first continental Congress to get this whole movement maybe a little more organized? Yeah, I think we're, we're getting to that point. I think we're kind of in this galvanizing state within, of course, the crypto industry. But what we're also seeing, Steve, is crypto being very international, right? We, we're obviously talking about U.S. Independence Day, but crypto being very international. You're seeing a series of, of regulations and laws being passed and being talked about around the world such that people all over the world can, can be part of crypto. People all over the world can actually participate in the system that's being built in a way that is compliant, in a way that, that is safe. So we, we saw it, we've seen it in Europe. We are seeing it now in the UK. We've seen it in Dubai, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Brazil, and hopefully you know, soon in the US. But I think that's where we are because it doesn't, what you and I have talked about has been very US centric. But what we're seeing is the rest of the world going, look, we need to, we need to kind of have some common sense regulation. And it looks like all those different regulatory bodies are looking at each other and, and kind of copying and pasting or taking pieces from the other such that it all work together. So I think we're getting to that point. We're getting to that first Continental Congress where, yes, all these governments are acting independently, but they're all kind of looking at what the others are doing and going, how is this going to interact? How is this going to work together? Well said. Well said. I wouldn't have anything to add to that. So we promised to keep a short version on 4th of July, maybe not going to happen so much. However, Adam, I think we should end with movie recommendations for everybody uh, who maybe has taken some time off this week, needs a little help, what to throw on the TV and enjoy with the family over Independence Day. What would you recommend? Uh, well, there's always Independence Day, right? Because I, I remember going and seeing Independence Day years ago on July 4th at, at like midnight or something like that. So Independence Day uh, is always a good one. And I'm fairly certain some channel like AMC is going to have their Godfather Marathon, which is my favorite movie and my favorite series. So I always recommend The, the Godfather if you're, if you're hanging out watching. And one last recommendation, uh, you know, Super Americana is The Sandlot mainly for the, the scene in the Sandlot when the kids get, get their one night game under the fireworks. Yep, yep. Well, you stole mine. I was going to go with the Sandlot. Uh, that is the best 4th of July movie. Family, family friendly. Lo yeah, lots of 4th of July going on. Um, so yeah, I think I'll just second yours. I never thought of The Godfather as a uh, Independence Day movie. But uh, yeah, well, it, hey, it, it's, a, it's a fun story about an Italian family that comes to the U.S. and does well. It is. It is. Whether or not they do well legally doesn't matter. And if you're on TNT looking for that, you'll obviously find the Shawshank Redemption playing as well. And that's a pretty good redemption story and independent story as well. So maybe watch that as well. All right, we'll leave, we'll leave you there with those amazing, amazing movie recommendations. Uh, this has been a, been a fun 4th of July edition. Uh, we wish everybody has a great holiday. And Adam, thanks for joining me. This was fun to do. Great. Yep, everyone, great, safe holiday. Thanks for having me, Steve. And uh, we'll see you again next week.